0: Welcome, everyone, to the Time Out Podcast. It's your boy, CJ, and Davian Clark. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about the players who have opted out, because by June the 24th, they were supposed to have opted out, even though I'm pretty sure they could probably opt out whenever they want to. Uh, We're going to talk about the replacement players for them. Uh, We're going to talk about winners and losers of the schedule release. That'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. And then our... Big story is going to be about Vince Carter because he announced his retirement, which is sad. But I feel like it's 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 long overdue. (laughs) Right. So we'll start off with the players who have opted out, Davian. So the NBA players were supposed to have been opted out by June the 21st. Uh, There's a list of reasons that we cited in the last podcast sponsor um, uh, that players may not want to. Uh, ahead of the departure date, teams are sending questionnaires to players and coaches to determine whether they're healthy enough to make the trip. Maybe mention some stuff about some other stuff that we also mentioned in the podcast about what they can do to help. Mm -hmm. I would, for sure. Uh, If a team decides a player is at high risk from from a health perspective, they may be excused from Orlando and will still receive their full pay. Any other player is free to opt out of playing and will be in the brief and won't breach their contract by doing so. However, if they voluntarily decide to not play, then they won't be paid for those missed games. Yeah. We already spoke about that and how that's a bit weird because the rest of the teams that aren't even playing, they're getting their full still pay, but they're still getting paid. So, I mean, that's, that's that. with If you had that. a trash season, you get to stay at home and get paid. And get paid. You get to stay safe.
1: You're rewarded. For, you're rewarded for having a trash
0: season. Yeah, not not to mention draft picks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I've made a list of some of the some of the the players as of when I wrote this that have opted out. Yeah, there's not that many actually. I've actually missed one as well. But uh, we'll start off with the one that I missed, the, uh, which was Avery Bradley who cited his oldest son having respiratory issues, so he probably wouldn't be able to pass a physical gain into Orlando. So, every Bradleys just thought, uh, you know what, I'm just going to stay at home. How do you feel about that, Damien?
1: I mean, like you said last week, like, if it came to a thing with family, we kind of knew that some players were going to drop out. Like, if your son's got respiratory issues at that point, it was more of a risk, so... It was kind of more obvious that he might drop out. Mm-hmm. So,
0: it it was very it's very obvious that anyone who has any family or they themselves have health issues may drop out.
1: Yeah,
0: but it's it's a surprisingly small list that I found of people that have opted out. I don't know whether it's because it has become public of people that have opted out. These are the only people that have become public of opting out, or. I don't or they actually are just the only ones that have opted out which is very surprising considering the list of players that like were having concerns but I'm not complaining there's people playing. But in terms of Avery Bradley of course it's the right decision for him but how do you think the Lakers are going to feel? He was a huge part of what they were doing. He was he was starting, he was guarding potentially their be- best perimeter defender in that last game against the Clippers before um yeah. Before he dropped up, like I, I know it was over twenty points, but 20 he, he was, right he was huge. Free. Yeah, he is huge, huge for the Lakers, and it'll be a huge loss for them to really overcome that kind of player.
1: I think it's going to be tough for them. They are looking at getting in J R
0: Smith, which. Well, we'll go over the replacement players it's soon, like, David. Don't worry right, about it's that.
1: Like, it's like, it's, it says the Lakers like. I feel bad for them in terms of you know losing someone who's that like constantly almost fifteen points a game like constantly you know he's a constant outlet for them and a great defender.
0: Uh, he's not just a great defender; he's a phenomenal defender. He's like, he like I said, he he guards their their top their like the top perimeter guy. He guards their best guard, and he's been a consistent great defender for his entire career. It's uh, he, literally a three and like a, a type of three and D guy. Yeah. That uh, that thrives in a LeBron type, that LeBron thrives in, in a system. A, a player like AD would thrive in because he's all in the inside. So it's it's a loss. And like you said, JR's there, but JR doesn't play defense like Avery Bradley does. No, and that's
1: where it's like for the Lakers, they're losing a little bit. I mean, they'll still be able to, they should still be able to still put one of the better teams in the rear left. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. just losing the difference-makers. Like, in that last Clippers game, Brandy mm-hmm. wasn't the guy who went insane and everyone was like... A lot of Clippers fans were like, he won't do that again in the playoffs.
0: Now we don't get to see that chance because, obviously, Corona and yeah, other issues. But the thing about those kind of players, it, the, the NBA, it's a professional league. Everyone's a professional. On any given night, someone can drop 20. Anyone. There's been no-name players that have dropped 50. I remember when Brandon Jennings dropped 51. Like, yeah. that was crazy. And he was in his rookie year as well. It was crazy. But anyway, next player is the first one that actually opted out, well, publicly opted out, and that was Trevor Ariza. He's currently yeah. involved in a custody case over his son and is committed to a one-month visitation window with his child rather than rejoining to the Trailblazer teammates. According to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the veteran forward averaged Uh, 11 points, almost five rebounds a game uh, prior to the suspension of play. Despite being the luxury tax, the Trailblazers will be able to replace Trevor Ariza with a substitute player. Uh, But they're currently three and a half games behind the Grizzlies for the final spot in the Western Conference. So, how do we feel about that? I
1: don't know. It's one of them. I feel like it's just... He had to put he was given a month window, and it meant he could either play in the playoffs or look after his son, and obviously he's made that decision where he wants more of a station
0: with his son. Mm-hmm. I mean I feel like it's very good that he there's no he, he probably didn't mull over it, but even even say he took basketball into account, which I'm sure he probably even didn't even consider it to be fair. But when he even Talk about the basketball side of things. They're three and a half games out by the Grizzlies, and they're they're not the favourites to come out <laughs> with the playoffs. Like they might they might they might make the playoffs, but they'd probably get kicked out anyway. So it's like, is it really worth you know giving up that month of custody for the kid, that yeah, month of visitation with the kid?
1: No. I think if you're if you're TA, you're looking at it and you're saying realistically what's worth more to me a very very outside chance of winning a ring where i would have to you know fight to get into the playoffs as it is then mm-hmm. probably go up against the lakers and then go through all these teams where it's really an outside chart or do i want to actually be a father and look after my child and say okay I'm, i didn't play but it was for you and because you know i care about you like mm-hmm. sometimes you have to put your family first and that's what he's done which is fair enough yeah i feel like it like I don't know. Like, they're not really the favourites to come out of the West, are they? So
0: it's no, they're not in the favourites. Like, they're they're not even like the top two that I'd even to make consider make it into, the, make like, it into the playoffs. So yeah. So I feel like that was a good decision. It feels like next one.
1: Yeah, oh. also to say it feels like having your
0: child or missing eight games. <laughs> it seems like an, it's an easy choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one is a uh, uh, is more of a a. bench role player, uh, Davis Bertans for the Washington Wizards. Bertans simply has too much on the line to play this summer. The 27-year-old is set to become one of the most highly coveted unrestricted free agents in the market, so will set out as a preventative measure, according to ESPN's Tim Teps, and Wajanowski he has suffered two previous ACL injuries and Washington's playoff chances are essentially zero. (laughs) And in his first season with the Wizards, he averaged a career-high 15.4 points while shooting 42.4% from three-point range on nearly nine attempts per game and washington has reportedly been supportive of bertans decision and hopes to re-sign him in the off season so how do we feel about that i have
1: zero thoughts on this this is the washington wizards i'd say even if i was a star player even if i had three games on my deal i would still be like i'm not going
0: no exactly but the thing is he's he's making money the thing is he's playing on a he's, i mean I, see, I say he's playing on a bad team but like he's they they're, they're in contention somewhat but they're like because so far behind.
1: <laughs> they're in the weaker conference. Uh, yeah, and the
0: teams below
1: them have been st- the teams below them have been worse. <laughs> That's
0: uh-huh. That's true. I feel like his numbers have been a bit bloated because of the like. Who else other than Bradley Beal? Like, there's Rui Hachimura. Uh, he's had a uh, a very quiet rookie season, I suppose. He's got. He's got talent but he's very- been very quiet, so I feel like you know he's had to this guy's stepped up he's a bit of a veteran he's been in the C- league for a bit uh but um yeah if so
1: he' plays he's only playing to just make sure he keeps those numbers up and collect his check that that's the only reason uh-huh
0: uh-huh it was no yeah. doing anything yeah, I feel like you know. He is right. He might. He's had two previous ACL injuries, so like <laughs> I'd sit this out too. Like I am not risking an injury, especially yeah, you think... when you've had a rest and then you're expected to come back and play as hard as you possibly can. It's yeah. No, no.
1: It is, if you know you've only got realistically eight games left on your on your before your free agent, you really want to sign that contract, and get those guarantees, just to make sure your future secure. What's the point of going to play these eight games? Then in the sixth game, you do something, you have a bad injury, and you instantly lower your stock. It's not worth mm-hmm. it, especially if you play for the Wizards. Like,
0: uh-huh. yeah, it's it's you don't want to lower your stock, especially when you spend all of the season, you know, making yeah. career hires, and, and especially you know, at twenty seven. Yeah, at twenty seven you know as it's well. Your
1: last chance but, to get that contract.
0: Yeah, if you're not a star player, then this yeah. is probably your last chance to get that big money contract. Um, About one-year
1: role-player
0: who does mm -hmm. little. Um, The next one is another role-player. It's Willie Cauley-Stein for the Mavericks. The former Kentucky star will not play for Dallas. When the season resumes, according to the Athletics' Shams, uh, Cauley-Stein and his partner are expecting a baby in July. Uh, Cauley-Stein's absence opened up to a roster spot for free agent guard Trey Burke, who has reportedly agreed a deal with the Mavericks. Nice. so how do we feel about that one
1: it's the same thing really it's just your family it's a no-brainer
0: effect. yeah it's you're expecting a child like yeah I feel like, and you want st- to be there at the beginning of the child's, you know yeah. life
1: this is the thing is like the child stopped out this gives him a chance to have those first few months of his child make sure he's there for his make sure he's there for his partner mm-hmm. also make sure he doesn't bring anything back because obviously it's gonna be quite there's gonna be a lot of things like you just want to leave, he wouldn't want to leave his partner for two months mm-hmm. while having to be in the social bubble and stuff like that. Like I feel like a lot of the ones who opted out straight away have been people who are like, I'm not risking my health or I'm not risking my family's health. And it makes it it's mm-hmm. not like not much you can say on it, it's a personal decision to be made. Mm-hmm. And obviously he said my child's due, I'm staying at home. Like
0: mm-hmm. Dallas already yeah. signed the guard to replace to sign the guard to replace them, so Well, reportedly, I will go over the replacement players in a minute. Actually, speaking of replacement players, the next person who I've put that's officially uh, opted out, the last one, is, well, he's officially opted out, but he hasn't said whether or... He hasn't officially opted out, but he said he's thinking about it, which is a big deal, apparently. Right, so DeMarcus Cousins, who's a free agent, while he hasn 't officially been a member of the Lakers since they waived him in February, Cousins has been using the team facility as a for rehab when he t- tore his ACL in august there's now conflicting reports as to whether he 's considering signing with the team prior to the restart. The shams reported that Cousins would pass on a chance to play in Orlando and instead prepare for the next season. Then Cousins' agent Jeff Schwartz told Los Angeles Times. That Cousins hasn't ruled out signing and playing with the team. Uh, his decision could ultimately come down to how comfortable he feels jumping back into NBA action following such a long layoff. So, how do we feel about that? See, this is the difficult one. I think
1: if Boogie was going to come back, it would make sense for him to come back to the Lakers. Because mm-hmm. he's been rehabbing there. He was, uh, until he was waived in February,
0: he was Especially a someone part like- of the team. Yeah, especially if, like, you know, someone like um, Dwight Howard opts out. Or JaVale with the issue. So, like,
1: when you look at it, you've got the fact that, obviously, he's AD's boy. You know, the fact that they treated him well when he hired his ACL. And even after he was waived, he was still able to use his facilities to train. Like, I feel like he could go back into the Lakers and, you know, probably just get himself to,
0: you know, it wouldn't be, it would be a seamless kind of chemistry, yeah. It would thing. be a
1: good transition, and you'd be able to go straight back into like working on himself and seeing if he could be an impact in the plus. Like, but yeah. if he tries to go to another team right now, it's like, is it worth it? Like, for the eight, like, is it really worth it? Like, I feel like he'd only go to a team that's realistically going to win a ring because otherwise, what's the point of him trying to you know risk? himself even more and messing up
0: his next season. Yeah, well, he's already been through a lot in terms of injury.
1: Yeah, so... And it's like... very
0: smart that he wants to, you know, he wants to, uh you know, so he, he wants to, you know, get better for the next season because he's not got many years left, especially with his injuries. So, he's gone from a... a fire, oh, my God, adverts. Fire. Like... So, yeah. That's... So he's yeah. gone he's yeah he's gone from like a superstar to a, a a kind of role player because of all these injuries so it's smart yeah. that he wants to rest and then he should yeah sign for a uh championship quality team if he if he wants to because then he, he won't there won't be as much pressure But, you know he's weighing out if he waits out the Either way, it's fine by me. He can make an impact on a championship team. but Yeah. It's one of them, it wouldn't be a huge gonna, one. He's going to be the more interesting
1: thing because he could be the final piece to a puzzle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But he's not going to plug a hole. So he could be that person who comes and gives you, you know, a certain amount of minutes. You know, that certain option, which the Lakers could use. I'm sure other teams could use. But he's mm-hmm. not going to fix your issues. So it really depends on, which teams go in for him and how like that's why hearing that it's going to be on how comfortable he is makes me think it's going to be lakers or nothing
0: yeah i can see that right okay so with that being said with Boogie being an also potential replacement player let's talk let's look at all the replacement players so i've got here a list of all the team all the players that have reportedly signed or agreed different stuff and i'll go over them so Joe Kim, 35-year-old Jokim Noah has reportedly signed for the LA Clippers. 34-year-old Corey Brewer has officially signed for the Kings. David Nwaba is reportedly agreed a two-year deal with the Rockets. 35-year-old Anthony Tolliver has officially signed with the Memphis Grizzlies. And this next one's an interesting one. Tyler Johnson who officially signed for the Brooklyn Nets, which makes me feel like he could be a kind of Kyrie kind of replacement. Yeah. Because I remember him playing with the Heat. When he played for the Heat, Nets tried to sign him to a huge contract and then the Heat matched it. But now they've got him on peas. Um, Tyler Zeller officially signed for the Spurs. Uh, Jaron Grant has reportedly signed for the Washington Wizards. Um, Jared Harper has reportedly claimed off waivers, uh, the New York Knicks. Uh, uh, Ryan Brokoff is reportedly signed for the 76ers. Theo Pinson has reportedly claimed off waivers from the New York Knicks. And Justin Patton is reportedly signing for the Detroit Pistons. Very interesting that a lot of teams that aren't contending are yeah. uh, signing players right now, uh, including play- teams that aren't even in the. That aren't even in the. Uh, New York Knicks. So... Well Detroit Pistons, for one, yeah. they've reportedly signed Justin Patton. I'm assuming that they're taking the opportunity to like get some players integrated into their systems and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the only real championship contender well other than there's only really two teams uh jo- Joakim Noah signing for the LA Clippers yeah he's a former defensive player of the year Joakim Noah uh that'll be interesting uh, i reckon they've got him they got him just to annoy lebron because he's done a very good job of that over his entire career
1: the Clippers team is just who irritates lebron ever Let's sign them and just line them up so we can annoy him over the whole game
0: exactly and the and the other one that you might say have championship aspirations is the Houston Rockets who signed David yeah. and for a reported two year deal so uh, there's that so that's all right, but what players are left you mentioned earlier, J r. Smith. Henny Smith, you know, the best. Henny, Henny Smith, the guy that made LeBron question his entire existence. Yep. Coming back to LeBron. How do you feel about that? I, I mean, I'd love it.
1: This is this is what I signed up for. Henny Smith coming back into the playoffs, <laughs> you know, to try and help LeBron. After how the last one ended was the, you know, Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe. Oh, I love that meme. Forgetting the score. Oh, it's like a renaissance painting That I think that, that picture of LeBron just holding his hands out. Ugh.
1: It's the frustration, I love it. But Moment I think in history. As a player, um, he could be very useful for the Lakers. He's someone who knows LeBron well. I think he is someone who's going to just, you know, he'll be there to just space out, take the shots. He kind mm. of know, when he plays with LeBron, he knows his role of, I'm going to just, you know, sit on this perimeter. You're going to get me the ball. No, like he's not a player who's scared to shoot threes.
0: He's he, he, shooting
1: them. It doesn't matter how many misses. He just keeps
0: going. He is integrated in the LeBron LeBron yeah. system.
1: I think and I played yeah. with him in Cleveland at that point when there was struggling to be anyone. I feel like JL can, he can come in and instantly play in LeBron. I feel like that'd be a, if they could pick him up, that would be a great thing to say, okay... He's the best thing we can find to be instantly ready. work with LeBron, the chemistry should be there. Mm-hmm. Someone should just remind him of the score a little bit. That's part of that. Just
0: keep reminding him of the score.
1: Obviously, he's not uh, as good a defender as Avery Bradley. So that's nowhere
0: near. The thing is that concerns me as well is in that last year he was he wasn't really a massive factor for Cleveland either. Like he was clearly like you know degrading. He, he knows his role, but how well can he play to it now? He has been working out for the last year or so. He has been out of NBA basketball for a whole year. So that's that'd be an interesting one. To see.
1: Yeah, I think with that, I think. Because he doesn't have to deal with the whole season. And it's just these eight games in the playoffs. I feel like he is that type of player that like he's that type of player where you could one game, he could give you 20 25, he could hit, he could be hitting his threes at a great rate, and then another game he might be hitting you six or seven, or if that, uh, you kind no. of have to know that's what's coming from him. So, like, you just like because it wouldn't be something that he wouldn't be something they're relying on. Oh,
0: no, n- no, no, way. To,
1: he's kind of got no, he kind of got the he kind of can, he's got the freedom to just be JR, just. Take your shots, they go in, go they go in, whatever. I like, suppose
0: so, but what does that mean? I don't feel like he's gonna average more than ten points a game, but I guess he doesn't need to. But what the what the Lakers need is perimeter defense. They don't need more people shooting threes. They need perimeter defense. I mean I feel he's like, a body.
1: Yeah. Uh, to be one of them, if you can fit into the system and do things, I'm sure you'll be able to, you're sure able to help out defensively, but obviously Compared to what they're losing defensively, it's a bit of a it is a drop, but that's where I want mm-hmm. to step up and say, okay, well, we've lost that, but we've put the intensity in for that. That's mm-hmm. yeah. We so, really need other free agents. Who are you looking mm, at? Who can make the most difference?
0: to Well, a team? well, there's a few players that can make a big difference. There's Joe Johnson, who's an absolute veteran. Underrated player throughout his entire career, Joe Johnson. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, that would be interesting, but that's not for a team that wants to play defense. Never, ever get <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. Um, you've got Pau Gasol, that would be a great, another great, for, for a veteran, power forward center. He's he, he just as a presence, he's great very experience. You've got Gerald Green. Iman Shumpert is there, and Nene. There's loads of players. There's Jamal Crawford, for one, is still there. You've got Lance Stevenson as well, who's been playing in China. He would be a good... Like, I'd, I. If I was the Lakers, I'd probably go for Lance Stevenson.
1: Make him dance, Lance. Bring him back.
0: Yeah, bring him back. Because he's already integrated into that system as well. I feel like if they had the space... He was there last yeah, year. Yeah, if they had the space,
1: he could work with it. It'd be... I feel like the Lakers have to be careful with who they pick up they're going to be ready they get to be ready to go into the system mm-hmm. and ready to play the role they need and all so someone like Lance who's done it before could just fit right in and it might would be no problem. The last thing the Lakers want to do is get someone who affects their chemistry badly.
0: Yeah. Which I mean JR or Lance could do. Plus,
1: Lance <laughs> is great on the bench because he just gets hyped.
0: Yeah, he does. I've seen him get hype. He's great. But you've got a veteran like Jamal Crawford as yeah. well, who's itching to get back. Like, he wants to get back. And he's a he's well respected. But, yeah. So, those, yeah. those I'm are interested our veterans.
1: I mean, just see how the veterans a lot of are vets. picked up.
0: Because, realistically,
1: this could be a great time for, to pick them up and say, okay, can you do this job for me for this bit? Like, you know, some experience, some, like, Honestly, mm-hmm. In this weird situation, you kind of want someone who is experienced and, you know, can adapt to these situations. So someone like Joe Johnson may be able to be that person that you can bring in and say, we need you to do this, and then we'll know you'll do it well. And it's only it's eight games in the playoffs, like you've, and they've also had a lot of rest at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Everyone has. So uh, it, It's very interesting. Like, what other teams... Could be really going for someone else. i right, clearly, L.A. Clippers went for Noah, yeah. but like everyone's no one's really opted out for for them to sign anyone. Yeah. Trey Burke has gone to the Dallas Mavericks because of Willie Cauley Stein. Um, it shows you Willie Cauley Stein's impact on that team because he's literally they've literally signed like the most <laughs> polar opposite yeah. player to who he is. So, yeah. But it's a lot like it's veteran bigs and veteran wing players. So, like, I, I suppose like Houston signed David Nawarva. I don't feel like a lot of a lot of teams are looking for,
1: you know, it depends on opted out thing. It depends on if that's all everyone was opted out
0: or if they're waiting for more. Like, when we make well, they're supposed to have opted out by the 24th, but. They've got more yeah, time, that was really. That, for,
1: that was not up to that, obviously, with the health concerns, whatever. If some people refuse to play, I, I don't think they'd really matter about the deadline.
0: Mm-hmm. Like they may
1: just say, I'm not playing, and then I'm not getting paid either way, so it doesn't really matter when I opt out. Yeah, at that point, that's what like, I when you look at one of these players and say, okay, can you come in get and, and do this, please? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting story to see, especially with the... Just because we've got about a month to go into all this results.
0: Yeah, and then we've got we've got games to play. The first eight games. And they've released the schedule for those games. Yeah. They've finally released them. So how they're doing it is I believe they are pretty much they're going on as if the rest of the season is carrying on like normal. But if the te- if a team that you're not playing is isn't in anymore, you just skip that game and you just move on to the next one. And they've added a few games here and there and jigged up a few things just to make it, you know fair. Um, so I've got some winners and losers, Davian, Ooh. for the schedule release because I took a look at them and I got some winners and losers. All right, I got one, two, three winners and f- four losers. Okay, so who's your first winner? My first winner, Davian, is the New Orleans Pelicans, because they're the only team participating whose opponents have a combined sub five hundred winning percentage. Is it fair? Yeah, because they would have had an easiest rem- they would have had the easiest remaining schedule before the season was suspended anyway. So it just shows the effort of the schedule makers to reflect how the remaining games would have played out under normal circumstances. And another interesting fact, Davian, is when Zion. Lonzo and Brandon Ingram are in games together. They are at plus eighteen point six points per hundred possessions. But the question is, will they get that eighth seed? I know you think they will. My boys, I think. Like I said, week one, I feel like
1: you give them, you give them times, you give them rest, and let Zion Ball and Ingram come together. That's. I feel like even if they don't even if they don't get the eighth seed they're gonna probably get the ninth and be really close to whoever's eighth so and with that schedule that's come out, they are facing a lot it's it's an easier schedule, but um it's still no, there are no bad teams in there really
0: Everyone's no, fighting, they're all in the something.
1: Contention. like it's not like they're f- well you
0: say that, but there's a lot of teams that you know pretty much don't have much of a chance. And then there are, are teams that are pretty much already locked up their spot. If you take the books, for example, I'll mention them later, but you, like they they've already pretty much got the yeast. So if anyone plays against them, are they going to be playing at full strength? Are they just going to be trying out rotations? Are they just kind of try and get people, yeah. you know, match fit? Like you know that this kind of thing matters. But like Pelicans, they've they've got the easiest record by far. I I, I can see them. They're only, what, 3.5 games behind Memphis? Yeah. So they'll either make the eight spot or get the play in. Yeah. I really really want to play. (laughs) They're my first winners. Of course. My first loser is the Memphis Grizzlies. (laughs) Because they're tied with the LA Lakers for the fourth hardest schedule, David. Uh they do have a three point five game lead over other western conference teams, like I mentioned, and they close their last game against milwaukee who pretty who who have pretty much would have tied up the east by then um even if they lose the eighth seed though they could hold out for the ninth place playing tournament, so can they make the playoffs I think they can I think it's between their, i think eight and nine will be. New Orleans or Memphis? I don't know which order. Memphis pretty much are guaranteed to be in that, aren't they? Pretty much. I mean, they'd have to. I think they'd have to lose every game. game New Orleans would have to win every game? No, hold on. Even if they lose every game, they'd They'd still be within. (laughs) They'd still be like. Four and a half instead of the four. It'd be. Oh, it'd be close. They'd only need to win one game, and they'd be a in. Or
1: can't win one game. No one win game.
0: So, like unless another, unless a Portland Trailblazers go above, yeah, them it's the like top. a ninety-nine percent chance of
1: them being somewhere in that discussion. Mm-hmm. So for them, even though they have got a hard schedule, I feel like they. I feel like I feel like with their schedule, like knowing they have to pick up a few wins to at least get to the play-in. Mm-hmm. They should be in a good stead to you know pick up some wins.
0: Well, they got the fourth hardest schedule, which is why I put them as. Uh, one well, they're of the definitely losing because... compared to everyone around them. Their schedule
1: compared to the people they're fighting with is phew, it's tough.
0: But they're gonna go. They're gonna have to go out, and they're gonna have to go out and really play hard. Yeah. Right. So. That's my first winner and my first loser. My next winner, Davian, is the Philadelphia 76ers. They have the second easiest remaining schedule. Uh, And with both Ben Simmons and Embiid able to recover with this much time off, uh, they are within striking distance of the Miami Heat and they're set to play five teams in a row with a sub-500 after opening to Indiana, which is a very winnable game for them as well it's It's not unreasonable to think that they could even start with like seven straight wins and six or seven straight wins, and they could give that team momentum heading into the playoffs but the real question surrounding them is will they be consistent no they're they're just not they haven't they haven't been even in the regular season if they've played performed in the regular season, they've been off in the
1: playoffs. I can only go by what I've seen for Philadelphia and realistically without Jimmy Butler they don't have that like they don't really have that grit which says which can take a game and say we're gonna win this like between simmons and Embiid, even when they're 100 percent simmons still can't shoot his three and Embiid still goes shy in those moments he doesn't really take over games anymore like you have to get even in this season you have to get challenged by shaq just to show that he can be that big man i just they it's not unreasonable to say that they could surprise everyone and go seven straight and then you know they could win a couple series, but will they be consistent? Probably not.
0: No, I don't think they will be consistent. Philadelphia Clubs, shall they just it is. They're injury prone as well. Like, watch. In the first couple, first couple games, someone will go down injured. Watch. I feel it. I, I, I hope no one does. Yeah. But <laughs> I can feel it. My next loser, Davian, is the L.A. Lakers. I've already mentioned that they're tied with the Grizzlies for the fourth most difficult schedule, and they are—they are, in fact, five point five games ahead of the second-place Clippers. Yeah. But a tough schedule can be very harsh on the oldest team. Their first seven games are against teams over five hundred, and then they face the Kings, which is probably a non-factor. So. Should LA play it safe? Okay, so here's my argument for this. There's no home court advantage.
1: Mm-hmm. They're already they're already through to the house. Realistic if it could be first or second. They're pretty much six games ahead of the Clippers and they've got to play the Clippers. I don't see any reason why the LA like I think that LA could should just be looking at getting if we're back to where they need to be in that, you know, that basketball, fitness, you know, basically, you know, basically back to as high a quality and level as they can. But after that, I don't think they should really... They should play it safe. They should play it 100% safe. Keep everyone healthy. And just make sure that, you know, there are no injuries and just take these eight games as a warm-up to the playoffs because... They're not really fighting for anything. Before the before the coronavirus, it could have been argued that they could have chased Milwaukee down for the home court advantage overall. But now that's gone. There's nothing really for them to worry about. They should just come back and get them games in. And then at the end, they should come back, get them games in. And at the end, look who they've got for their playoffs. And then judge from there. I don't think even having the fourth most difficult schedule, like, for them, it's... Like, they could play a couple games, just secure number one, and then relax. Like, give LeBron limited minutes, give AD limited minutes, and just make sure they're actually ready to go.
0: Yeah, I think I think they... Well, yeah, that answers the question. Like, should LA play it safe? Yeah, they should. (laughs) They're way ahead. There's no home court advantage. I suppose it matters, like, depending on who they face. Like, they get an easier matchup against Memphis than I would uh, think against... The Pelicans, but I think the Pelican matchup would be a more interesting one considering everything. They had an amazing match
1: earlier in the season where it was Zion was going off and then LeBron was like, Well, wait, who you think you are going off to? So that would be a great series, but it'd be a tough series for them.
0: It would be a tough series. It would be a much easier one against Memphis, mate. Yeah.
1: I think if you're Lakers, you want Memphis to win because you can go in there. Take about in five games ish. And the thing is, as you said, like they are the oldest team on average. So when you look at that, you really do want to say, You guys have had this much rest. Let's just come back and re- let's just do it, you know. Let's let's game manage, let's be smart with it. Like there's no need to be going all out in all these eight games. We're already five. That's the thing, like they've been given the benefit of being ahead so they can say, look, we can just relax, play it safer, and they let these other teams like the Pelicans and the Grizzlies kill themselves out for these final spots. So when it comes to a playoff game, like you'd have been taking it easily and you're more rested than these guys who are really fighting and having to fight every game. Like especially if they have to go to a play in and then like the Pelicans have to win two so then they've played ten games when Lakers have only played eight and then suddenly that might make the difference in the this, in this series. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, who's your next winner?
0: My next winner is Boston. Because only the Pelicans and the 76ers have an easier schedule with the Celtic- than the Celtics. And with a chance of leapfrogging the team next in the standings, being only three games behind Toronto, who have the second hardest schedule, this could be a big deal as of right now, a three-six matchup would mean that they could go against the Philadelphia 76ers, while a two finish would mean that they go against a sub-five-hundred nets team who are playing without Kyrie or KD. So their and their last four games are against the Raptors, where they can make up a whole game. Yeah. Uh, Magic, Grizzlies, and the Wizards. So where do you think they'll finish?
1: Oh. Well.
0: Uh. Yeah, it could be a big deal. It's a big deal.
1: I think they might they might be able to move to second. I just it depends on that first game. It depends on that game in Toronto. Like, it's gonna be tough for them. Like, but like as you said, like getting into second seems to be more like it's actually important because you much rather go against the Nets than Philly. As much as I mm-hmm. joke on philly for being incos- like, inconsistent, it's still a tough matchup, and you not want you're Boston, you don't want have to go through that so if you could well, it's not it,
0: just it's it's not just philly that they that could be in that position like it could be the heat it could be it could be indiana <laughs> it, yeah it, it, it could be any mix of those hard teams
1: oh yeah at that point you really want to push and get. It's gonna be tough. Do
0: you think they'll be able to do it? Do you think they'll be able to get the second? Yeah, easy. I reckon they'll be able to do it. They're three. Ba- they're three games behind Toronto, who have the second longest, who have the second hardest schedule, and they're they they have a very e- easy end to the schedule. They can put pressure on the the Raptors. So I think I think they can do it. Are I are think you, they can get it. Easy. To get yeah, it's going be
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, I'd back, I'd back them let see it, and I've I've got my next loser as Toronto. <laughs> so Toronto's schedule. This is this is what their schedule is, right? They're Lakers first, yeah. then the Heat, then the Magic, then the Celtics, then the Grizzlies, then the Bucks, there's the Seventy Sixers, and then the Nuggets. Oh, it's not an easy schedule. That's that's both conferences' top six teams at least top six, yeah. and then the Memphis Grizzlies, who are fighting for a playoff spot. That's going to be... And then they could end up facing the Heat, Pacers or Sixers in the first round. However, they have had five months to heal after being rocked with poor health. No team has lost more win shares to injuries than Toronto this season. So where will they finish?
1: I mean, when you look at that schedule, Lakers to the Heat... Then you go through Magic, magic Celtics, it's Celtics, Grizzlies, Bucks, 76 as the Nuggets. And they may end up finishing third.
0: Which, uh huh, exactly. That's what I mean.
1: It's one of I them. Think it, just, it depends up. on it, they could pull off some. They could pull off wins in these games. Yeah, and they could finish second, or it could go the other way, and it could just be tough loss after tough loss, and end up third, and then end up playing a
0: really good team in the playoffs. They could get played with more injuries again. Yeah. <laughs> That's possible.
1: I don't know, I feel like uh, yeah, when you look at the schedules, it feels like they may end up dropping out of the second spot. Yeah. Uh, Which can be tough, but I guess they've also had they, the benefit of having the players come back from injuries, so it's like maybe they'll be better off to maybe they'll be better off in the playoffs with this. Like
0: Or maybe they won't have the chemistry. Who knows?
1: It's yeah, it's gonna be a tough ones. It's, it's gonna be the fun of this season. It's gonna be working out like the injuries combined with the chemistry combined with the constant good games because you haven't got a team that are out of it.
0: So, of my last loser because I've picked more losers than I did winners. My last loser is the Utah Jazz <laughs> because they've got a huge issue in concerning Mitchell and Gobert and their little their little spats. Uh, Brogdon, who tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, one of the players tested for coronavirus. And he's also been considering about, you know, the whole, like, doing more for his community and stuff. Okay. And then you've got Bogdan Bandanovic, who is out with an injury, who was a 20 points per game scorer. So... Oh wait, no, Malcolm Brogdon is for the Indiana Pacers. Why did I even mention that? I'm going ahead of myself. <laughs> We're testing positive. I'm going ahead of myself. So it's just Mitchell and Gobert, and then you've got Bogdan Bandanovich who's out with injury.
1: Well, this looks like it's gonna put my um, Utah Jazz Western Conference final pick at um you know, risk of being wrong. But um <sighs> Yeah. <sighs> I feel like from all of this, they've been the biggest losers in terms of like from basically from when Gobert started touching all those mics, and then happened to have coronavirus, and then Mitchell caught the
0: coronavirus. It probably wasn't the it probably wasn't the first one. Like, and to be fair, like Mitchell could have caught it from anyone, right. not yeah, just I Gobert. But I think it's the optics of the fact that
1: Gobert was clowning around and like. The report came out that he was touching everyone's stuff and messing about and obviously i think it's one of those moments where he didn't take it as seriously as he needed to be at first and that was obviously rob donovan mitchell in the wrong way in terms of like you know and that will really affect the team he's, he's basically donovan mitchell looks like he from the reports it looks like he's looking at Gobert a little differently you yeah know the side eye, like who am i really on a team with like is this is what you're doing
0: yeah, and that's
1: obviously affecting them. But maybe when they get on the court, can
0: I put that aside? Maybe maybe when they get aside? on the court,
1: like board don't lie. Maybe they just maybe they'll come together because they, they don't want to lose. So it's one of them. We, maybe could go either way. Like they may, they might want to just work together for these this season and then off season, one of them may get moved or it may be a big issue or it may be overblown in the media and we might actually see them play. And maybe they were never actually that close of friends and they're just teammates, and that's that's okay. Maybe they're just cool with each other. Mm. Obviously, having... Michael well, without... The with it, as well, it's yeah.
0: A 20 points per game scorer as well. That's a lot. That's a lot of points. One of the issues Utah will face is every game they play,
1: <laughs> everyone's going to be looking at every little thing and said, oh, well, that's clearly... A fight or an, like an issue, and it's going to get to the point where if they lose games, Mitchell or Gobert might be blamed and stuff like that. Like that's where it's going to be quite interesting to see because the media are quite good at picking and like really targeting someone. And if they target Gobert or someone, is Mitchell going to come out and really defend his teammate, or is he going to leave it?
0: We'll see. So those are my winners and losers, Damien. And the next, so I just want to mention all the players that have tested positive. So there's, which is why I was getting ahead of myself with the Utah Jazz and the Brogdon thing. I don't know why I did that. I think I was just getting ahead of myself. So I was like, there's 16 total players. Uh, Out of them, Jokic, which is a big deal, and Malcolm Brogdon, which is also a big deal. They're big time players for their respective teams. But they were caught early. So, and the fact that it was only 16 players, I am very shocked out of, like, what, 300, 200-odd players? It's 5%. 300-odd players? It's, like, 5%. It's not not bad. It's not bad at all. And, you know, they're going to have another round of testing to see how that goes. Yeah. I think the numbers itself
1: aren't bad. The issue is, obviously, where they're having the the actual competition obviously in orlando the numbers there are rising rapidly
0: the noise, is, the the numbers are rising rapidly no matter what in, in america
1: oh no so. um so places like new york have been able to, oh, sh- try to bring it down because steven a is real yeah Stephen a really wants the players in new york doesn't he it's too
0: late now know, it's yeah, they've already
1: done, they've done all the tests they've all they've done all the infrastructure they've done all the costing they've done everything at this point like it's too late to say we'll just move it to new york where
0: are they going to move it where's the gonna that... be? where they're
1: going to stay yeah
0: like, there's a lot it's either it's either not happening or it's happening in orlando yeah, or it's, it's not it would take too much it would
1: take another six weeks to restructure it to, for it to work in new york It can't just be moved like you gotta mm-hmm. find the right spaces but obviously Orlando, so Florida has been very lapsed with their, like New York was very locked down straight away, don't go outside unless you have to. Florida hmm. and other, some like Texas, they've been very lapsed with the way they obviously have applied their lockdown. So a lot of businesses have moved over to Florida because they were like it's, just, it's a more relaxed lockdown and obviously what seemed to have happened is after the initial wave that's gone down, They've hit the point now where they were looking at letting other sporting things had looked at Florida and they were like letting, they were willing to let people back into arenas, like a limited capacity. Jesus Christ. That was the Florida plan. It was meant to be early July. So it's been in wrestling. They were looking at American football. They were literally looking at bringing people back in a limited capacity in Florida. But as they've done that, it's spiked. So the problem there is, with the, amount of, like, with the amount of asymptomatic people and obviously the way this is spreading, it the 16 players now will be good. Obviously, it's going to have to be a lot... The social distancing is going to have to be a lot higher. And mm-hmm. they're going to have to look at um, making sure they test everybody. Yeah. Because they can't run the risk of someone in the Disney park having it and then spreading it to like... Because that could literally stop this whole playoff system.
0: It could. It'd be the end of the yeah. season.
1: So, it has to be careful. But the 16 initially is it's really good. good. Like, it's a, it's a smaller amount than I think most people expected. And obviously, if you once you caught them 16 early, it's a like... In theory, you should be fine.
0: In theory, because I should, you know, quarantine... Before the next round of testing, get tested again, and then the number should be. Undetried. But even then, they can. Yeah, exactly. They'll be put into isolated housing if they need if they're going to go yeah. to Florida. The uh, they will put into isolated housing, and then they will. Uh, ho- will get tested again. Two tests again. They have to get two negative tests before they come back. Yeah. So. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting, but. One of the things, so uh, they, we come on to our big story today because one of the things that this whole thing has done is kind of take away from Vince Carter his last season. Yeah. So I have written wrote, wrote pretty much a history of Vince. Yeah, I've written uh, a a history of Vince Carter. So, <laughs> for anyone who who for some reason doesn't know who Vince Carr is, I've got you covered. So, Vince Carr from high school has always been described as Jordan-esque. His highlights from his McDonald's All-American Slam Dunk contest helped solidify this. He was recruited by North Carolina, much like Jordan was, and went to play three years for them, advancing to a Final Four tournament twice, both in his last two years. In his last season, he averaged 15.6 points a game and was the set, he was a, named in the second team All-American, first team All-ACA, and the Fans Guide third annual Coaches ACA All-Defenses team. And in no, May 1998, Carter declared for the NBA draft. He was selected fifth overall by the Golden State Warriors, who traded him to Toronto, where Carter emerged as a star, he went on to win the nineteen ninety nine NBA Rookie of the Year, the Slam Dunk Contest winner in two thousand uh, NBA All Star Weekend. He represented the United States at the two thousand Summer Olympics with his amazing dunk over that seven foot guy. Oh, ridiculous! Intense. He represented the United. Uh, yeah, uh, where he got a gold medal in december 2004 carl was traded to the new jersey nets we'll go over that uh, where he continued his offensive success key in on that offensive success car also played for the orlando magic phoenix suns dallas mavericks memphis grizzlies sacramento kings and the atlanta hawks it was very it was a very you know quiet quiet dwindling Of someone who was like so intense for someone who was nicknamed Vin Sanity. Half
1: man, half amazing.
0: Half man, half amazing. He was, he had a very quiet, slow descent and a very long one. Uh, He spent 22 years in the NBA and he's the only player in NBA history to have scored in four different decades the 90s, the noughties, the the 10s, and the he scored earlier this year so that's four whole dec- four decades he's scored it only player ever to do that the testament to his longevity for a, a, a player who was early in his career was all about his explosiveness it was he's done very well and we'll talk about his earlier career because this is this is where he made his name yeah. this is the birth of insanity. So, when Carter was drafted to the Raptors, he'd only been around for three seasons, and they sucked. they sucked ah Staan they made they weren't winning anything, and there was no significant Canadian enthusiasm for a sport that just wasn't hockey, <laughs> so Carter. So they drafted Carter and he won the rookie of the year in that lockout shortened season. He averaged 18 points a game by almost six rebounds and three assists with a steal and a block and a half a game. He shot fairly decently for a rookie at 45%. And from deep, he only shot 29%. But it's the nineties. No one cares about threes. All right. Next season, he went on to make the all-star team by far the leading all-star votes Mm -hmm. by far. He was popular. He's so, he's one of the most popular players in his early career, but the biggest success was in that slam dunk contest, yes. where he achieved total Vin This this is where this is where he got his name. This is where this is where the legend starts. Because in that slam dunk contest, before before it, he, his car was late, so he didn't even have practice for that slam dunk contest. He was just pulling off. To quote him, he was pulling off things he had never really done, and never tried, and never even thought about. What one of one of these dunks you see Shaq with the camera? Yeah. You know the one where he's looking through the camera, and then he just pops up with his just face just in awe. Yeah, that's Vince. That's Vince Carter. Like his arm in the ring, like his elbow in
1: the ring. That is, iconic. That is the iconic. That is a that is so iconic. That is something. They stood in songs and like and that, is, that influenced the whole generation.
0: That influenced a whole generation of slam dunk. It's one, it's totally, as one of the greatest slam dunk individual performances. It's still rated it at nine. He rated it rated at nine, yeah. <laughs> like it just added to his Jordan comparisons. And like he didn't want to hear an ooh ah, he just wanted to hear nothing from the crowd.
1: It's over.
0: And it's like, and yeah, it's over. It's over. So during this time, Vince led the way. His cousin, Tracy McGrady, would come off the bench as a supporting cast with Charles Oakley, Muggsy Bogues, Dell Curry, a good, you know, veteran supporting cast. And they'd finally get the first ever Toronto Raptors' first ever playoff berth. They, however, were swept by the Knicks in the first round. But in game two, he got given his first playoff moment he, he got gifted an opportunity for his first playoff moment the first toronto raptors playoff moment down by one but he pressed it to d brown for a miss and he got absolutely lambasted by the media and then jordan comparisons like went out the window if he's like jordan then why is he passing out the final shot He's on record for saying he, he's a team player. He wants to build his own identity. And plus MJ said that Vince doesn't play defense. So he was marked with scrutiny just by having MJ. He never invited – well, we'll see later. But he never really spoke about the MJ comparisons. He just wanted to be himself. There was a lot of talk about when he got fouled hard in games that he would put on, like, a face – to Say it was more painful than it really was, and of him deferring to his mother, which I will talk about a little bit later later in the season, T Mac would become a free agent, and it because he didn't want to develop behind his cousin's shadow, and he ended up going to Orlando Magic in the summer of two thousand and immediately broke out so did was Vince hindering his cousin, uh, maybe it's one of them, but you know. They're very similar players. They have yeah. played the same position. You can understand. Good on team, You Can understand why you would
1: say, "I'm gonna, ha- I'm going leave and do my own thing," which probably for yeah. him was the right decision.
0: It was, it was, and it, it was the right decision because he ended up with a Hall of Fame career after that. Yeah. But then, jumper's knee, which is like a like a strain in like one of the knee ligaments. Uh, cost him a handful of games. And he didn't even defend his dunk contest championship. But Carter would bloom during the 2000 and 2001 season. And he improved to a franchise record of 47 wins, setting up a 2001 playoff rematch with the Knicks. But This time, Vince Carter just destroyed, just destroyed them uh the raptors ended up winning the series 4 to 1 but they earned a, a they earned a trip to uh Philadelphia to face Alan Iverson and the 76ers now this is one of Vince Carter's more controversial moments of career because during his first two seasons he Vince Carter went back to college in the summer to complete his degree in African-American studies after he promised his mom when accepting the offer to go to college to North Carolina. Graduation was at the following spring on May the 20th during the NBA playoffs. In 2001 Toronto would advance to the second round for the first time in NBA in franchise history. Mm -hmm. The second round in first time franchise history. And they faced Allen Iverson in 76ers. In the first six games, they went head-to-head, both averaging more than 30 points a game. It was crazy. With the series tied at three games apiece, it came down to a winner-takes-all game seven on May the 20th. So his plan was to go to practice, fly, and then graduate at 9 a.m., and then come back in time for like, game walkthroughs at 11 a.m., and he asked the organization and Vince himself says no one had an issue as long as like, you know, he was back. Players gave different answers to this. Some of them just said no comment. Some of them said, I hope the weather's nice. And some of them says, I hope you know what you're doing. <laughs> so it was basically means it was very crazy. Do it. Yeah. I mean, I like, all right, but then not screw this up for us. So that's what he did. It all went to plan. He came back in time and, like, he started doing it. But then the game started. And Vince says in the first quarter he got tired and his legs got heavy and it felt like Jake Light was setting in. He missed the first couple of shots, making only six of his first 17 shots. But Alan Iverson wasn't playing well either. And to, show, to tell you how badly Alan Iverson was playing and both Vince Carter, Antonio Davis and Aaron McKee led their teams in scoring. Wow. Do you know who those players are? No. (laughs) No. Can you tell me which one of those players was playing on which team? No, probably not. McKee was clearly with the 76ers. Yes, he was, yeah. He was. But still, uh, the, the average person would not know at all. But with their two seconds left of a game seven, Toronto were down one and they have the ball. Vince wanted the ball. He thought it would be a great end to a great day. Right, graduate and then twelve hours later get the game winning bucket and a game seven. Yeah? Yep. So he gets the ball, he fakes out he fakes out the defender and takes an open shot, but it bounces off the rim. Seventy sixers would end up going to the NBA finals to face Shaq and Kobe, who are the eventual champions. If Vince didn't go to his graduation, would that would they have made the conference finals? Charles Oakley has been on on point saying, on interview saying, like, yeah, they definitely would have. I mean. But I still think he, he he himself said that he makes no he has no regrets. He wanted to be a good role model. Like you should still graduate. Yeah, I
1: guess the issue was graduating on the same day as the game seven. Yeah. Because this was the first NBA season I really watched. Well, like, so, this, so, you know, the 76ers, the Lakers. I had mm-hmm. no idea that that's why Toronto didn't
0: make it. That is. Yeah. And the fact that 76ers, the guys who ended up making the conference finals, were taken to seven games by these Toronto Raptors. It just speaks to the kind of person that Vince Carr was. Yeah. The kind of player that he was. And in the summer, so if – I mean, with that being said, there was promise. They made a new franchise record in wins. They made it to the second round. Vince Carter, career averages were sky high. He was a top player. And in that summer, he signed a six-year max deal. He said he loved the city. He loved being a Raptor. And he would go on to reach – but he would – fun fact, he wouldn't play another Raptors playoff game. Ever again.
1: So, from the game seven against 76, that was his last playoff
0: for the Raptors? That was technically his last playoff game for the Raptors. They would make the playoffs again the next season, but he'd be too injured to oh, play. Okay. And I'm going to go into that. So, the next, sister, the next season... So, in the summer, they he, he, he signed the contract. He loved being a Raptor. Toronto was his home and his business. His annual charity game, he had a nightclub which attracted stars all over. Like Vince Carter was Toronto. Mm. But he made basketball what it is. And next season, the Raptors won 29 of their first 50 games heading into the All Star break. And they were near the top of their division. But their last win saw Vince take an early exit because he aggravated his left leg. And the leading vote geter would have to miss his all, the All-Star game. And a bunch of Raptors games as well. And the Raptors took a huge nosedive and even kept losing when he returned in late February. And on March 19th, the T-Wolves beat them to give them their 17th loss in 18 games. Ooh. So they sunk to a 30-30 record. The Raptors pulled the plug on Vince and gave him surgery. So they decided like that's it we'll just give him surgery because we're not clearly not going anywhere. Yeah. But then but then the Raptors suddenly tilted upward and started winning started a winning streak and end up on a record of 42 and 40 making the playoffs making the playoffs to the face of Pistons. The Raptors lost the series but kept it surprisingly close. Vince didn't show up to some of the Detroit games though, starting rest from surgery but some people just didn't buy it and pointed out that the year prior, Carter went to extreme lengths to get to university.
1: Yeah. Coming back around on him, that's mad.
0: Yeah. So the GM lambasted him for that. And during the summer of 02 Carter was part of a Nike tour of Asia. And Vince shows off his health. He was dunking and everything. And even said that when it's all said and done, that he could have a better career than MJ. Yeah,
1: I've seen that quote. That is...
0: Uh, Yeah, but he got flacked for not producing like him, not playing defence and still deferring to his mother. Uh, But Carter insists that he was misquoted on the Jordan stuff. But then days later, on his third game of the season, Carter strained his left quad again and sat out November. Saturday November and basketball game he was he was criticized for getting on stage. So while 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 he was off these basketball games, he was criticized for getting on stage and dancing with Nelly (laughs) in Toronto. Right. Yeah. At the same time, his team were getting their asses handed to them in Atlanta.
1: That's things that still happen in twenty twenty.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. But you know, it it you can see why people were like upset. And in mid December, he ended up straining his right knee and missed over a month of action. And the media again would criticize him. Carter felt compelled to play because, but the team made him wait. The Raptors would have a thirteen and forty record, but the All Star voting wouldn't listen to that. And he received well over 1 million votes to start the All-Star game. And one of the biggest critiques was Charles Barkley himself saying he hadn't earned the spot and he should give it to Jordan. Vince said, the fans voted me, so I'm going to just play. And he held that stance up until the actual day of the game. where Just before the game, he just gave his spot to Jordan. And Vince was still criticised for doing that. Yeah, Hello, basketball yeah. fandom. So, yeah. so just from from the moment from the moment he stepped foot in, he was always, you know, he was always criticised because of his thing. It can't it, because of his. You know comparisons to Jordan, and rightfully so. Offensively, he was Jordan esque. He was dunking. He was making shots, iso ball. It was he was Jordan esque. He didn't play defense like Jordan, but he was very Jordan esque in his offense. And later in April, uh, Carter would twist his ankle and would be pulled out for the rest of the season so they earned with a very bad they ended it with a very bad record. Vince wasn't playing so he end, they ended it with a bad record. And you know why it was? It was the 2003 draft, Davian. It's a 2003 draft, the LeBron coveted draft and they ended up with the unfortunately they didn't get the first pick like they wanted but they ended up with the fourth pick where they earned Chris Bosh. Injuries piled up and Raptors fired the GM as well as the coach. Management told Carter that he was, he was going to be asked as to who he thought the GM spot should go for. And Carter wanted 76ers legend Julius Irving, but they never, ever talked to Carter about it. And they never even entertained an interview with Julius Irving or anyone. Then there were trade talks, but Carter remained mostly quiet. All right, but... In the 2004 season, while he was playing for the Toronto Raptors, uh, Carter would only average 16 points a game, a career low at the time, and had the infamous interview where he said he doesn't want to dunk again, where he was smirking and being sarcastic, saying he's just never going to dunk again. He says it's overrated. Uh, Carter felt the organization failed him and failed failed to give him a good supporting cast, so requested a trade, and then he strained his Achilles... And the GM said that he would not be traded. He would not be trading an injured Vince Carter. No way. And then a week later, he traded an an injured Vince Carter to the Nets. So, so cool, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff here. So with that last, with that season, what it doesn't also mention is that Vince Carter would... uh, He was essentially tanking because he wanted out. Yeah. There's stories of him telling like a supersonic player what play they were going to be doing. Wow. Yeah, so he was really tanking. He really wanted out. And like, you know, the contract, the bad media, everything forced... Like his... Is almost demeanor just like kind of forced him out of Toronto? Did he tank them? And like, you look at he cited supporting cast, but like, you know, a young Chris Bosch, you know, give it time. I guess Vince couldn't wait, but he got traded to the New Jersey Nets. He, they sent over, right? So, how desperate must you be to send over? Aaron Williams, Eric Williams, trade for Vince for these players. And Alonzo Mourning, who's a great player, but he refused to play in Toronto. And two first round picks that didn't even amount to anything. And then an interview came out with him before his first real game where he said, oh, um, I wasn't playing as hard as I wanted to in, uh, in Toronto. So there was so much heat on him. Uh, but now Vince was with a playoff calibre team and back to old scoring habits. He ended up scoring 27 points a game after from from 16 points to 27 points that same season. Wow. Yeah, that huge jump. Uh, and then the Nets visited the Toronto Raptors on April the 15th, 2005. It was his first trip back. Toronto let Vince have it. They, them, they wore, like, Vince bibs. Yeah, they were signs and everything. And ever since then, Toronto would always boo Vince, but then always Vince would always respond with vintage performances. He, he'd scored 30-odd in his first game back, which is interesting. He always wanted to silence them. Nets would win a lot. In 06, him and his ex-teammate were, like, play-joking around and fighting, like him and Peterson. Uh, they were like slapping, but the rest misinterpreted it, and they ejected Peterson. And then Carter would go off to hit a game winner. <laughs> and then in 07, the Raptors and Nets would face in a playoff first-round matchup where the Nets pulled off an upset, but then got wrecked by LeBron in the next round. Yeah, most of the East did in that point. So, mm-hmm. Carter would go on then to play for Orlando, Phoenix, and the 2011 reigning champions of dallas mavericks where that was kind of like maybe his kind of ring chasing years i suppose where he was just like right i just want to be a role player for a championship caliber team with the mavs carter got his opportunity to make the game a a game winning shot down two against the spurs 1.7 seconds remaining the ball found carter and just like that 76ers shot, he pump baits. It's the exact same shot. You put, you line them up, it's the exact same shot, right? He pumps bait the defender and then he makes the shot and this time he hits it. It was like, you know, cathartic for him to make that shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he made the shot. And then in the next season, he was with Memphis Carter went back to Toronto, but this time Toronto made a video tribute to Carter to which he addressed the crowd and Vince Carter received a standing ovation which brought tears to his eyes. This is after a lot of, like, there was a lot of, because Carter was ending, you could see he was starting to end his career. A lot of, like, Toronto players were just like, forgive Vince and all that kind of stuff. And it ended up like this. And I remember watching this because I watched this game and they were booing to begin with. But then it started, ended up being a standing ovation. Like, wow, it was crazy. It was emotional. I get emotional every time I see it. After a brief stint with Sacramento, Vince found himself with the Atlanta Hawks, being the oldest player in the league and being twice as old as some of his teammates, including Trey Young, who saw him as a, a hero. Uh, Vince would reach 25k points playing in a game against Toronto in a loss and after 22 seasons at the age of 43 Vince has now finally retired from basketball after playing on March the 20th 2020 the night the NBA suspended the season due to COVID-19. So yeah that was that's Vince's career and just let I want to go over some of his accomplishments because it is an astounding for someone who's never ever won a championship. He has such a long list of accomplishments. Uh, let me just find them. Oh, I wish this thing wasn't so long. Right. Okay. So his list of accomplishments. He is he is fifteenth in career minutes played. Mm-hmm. He is. 21st in career field goals. He is 11th in field goal career field goal attempts. He is sixth in three-point field goal attempts in career. Fifth, oh field goals, and then fifth in field goal attempts for a career. Uh, He is ninth in uh, field field goals missed. He is 40th in free throws. 42nd in free throws may free throws attempt he is 20th in active blocks he he reached his highest points per game percentage was in the 2001 with uh, the Philadelphia uh, with the uh, New Jersey Nets uh, he ended up with five career triple doubles he has three awards. He was Rookie of the Year, Sporting News Rookie of the Year, 2015-16 Teammate of the Year. He made eight All-Star Games. He won 11 Player of the Week, five Player of the Month. He was... He he got a lot of MPV, MB, MVP shares. And... Who honestly? His early career. He's he's probably got one of the most unfulfilled careers ever in the NBA. Yeah, he won a championship, and the whole thing with Toronto kind of ruined it. But I feel like if he had won one, he would have solidified it. But I I just wanna I just wanna say this because Vince Carter meant everything to pro basketball in Canada. You can't tell a story of Toronto's rise without, rise without featuring Vince. You can't track down the new generation of Canadian hoop lovers or the pipeline of Canadian pro players without acknowledging Vince's influence. He was a pioneer and a superstar, and, an icon and an inspiration. In 2019, the Toronto Raptors won their first championship. And not only would they go on, not only would go into the new decade as champions, but Canada would have a long list of exciting young talent. Canada has become a basketball nation, and none of that was promised, or even plausible, until Toronto landed its first young star in Vince Carter. He brought basketball to Canada. Yeah, and I think... For me personally, like when
1: I first started watching basketball from young, like watching my older brothers, he was one of the first people who really captured like the imagination of the dunks like that raptors jersey but you know half man half amazing like yeah he was really that character like that like as you said before like a lot of canadians weren't watching basketball like their sports hockey and sort of that like they had no desire for it but obviously when the way vince carter was and the way he was making headlines and he really changed and actually he created a, 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 basically an army of Canadian basketball fans who then, that kind of led into the 2019 win. Like it bled into it, yeah. Like yeah. it's a whole thing. Like it's just a shame that obviously he's played with injuries, and then obviously he, it's a shame that he's played with some of the injuries and personal things, and you know, kind of when like the and the Jordan comparisons and the media on him to the point that like. He kind of felt like he was kind of attacked a lot until, basically until he'd gone out of his peak and then it was kind of a, everyone started to appreciate him. And obviously his longevity in the league has been incredible.
0: Yeah, it has been. 22 seasons. A player like a player that played the way he did as well is unfathomable. I think for That's me, it's special. really a shame. lasting 22 seasons is unrealistic. Yeah. It's a shame, but that, it's a shame that
1: he didn't get that final, like that ring match
0: with a crowd, all that. Uh, yeah, you know that like career well, retrospective. Got, and... Well, when the season was like, they already said the season was going to be suspended, but that was that day was like the final day of games, and they were going to play out those games, and that was it. Like they yeah. they let Vince take that last shot, that last three, and that mm-hmm. three was his last shot, and he made it. And they like, kind of guessed that that would, you know, that was probably the end.
1: Yeah, it's just a shame that like abrupt. It was so abrupt. Yeah, a couple months. Like it was just a shame that like wasn't.
0: You got wasn't people. Like, whole... Yeah, like Kobe, who ended up winning five championships, ended up with a whole a a, a tour. Wade yeah. ended up with a tour. But these guys. Wade, Wade did a whole championship.
1: Vince Carter like announced his was gonna. This was his last season from pretty much the start of the season. So. Mm-hmm. It just feels a shame that towards the end, like, obviously, was, like, the whole
0: season has been a bit... Like, didn't really in, end it on his own terms. In any other
1: year, Vince Carter retiring would have been the story for the whole season. But because of the way 2020 has been, with Kobe dying and then the corona, like, I feel like it's a shame that you didn't get that last, like, you know, them last four or five games to say, well, these are Vince like, these are Vince Carter's four or five last games, and then, you know, go through, show the... Because I think a lot, it would have been great for a lot of young fans if the last four or five games we really just kind of like the Vince Carter, and then you know you get to look and re-watch all these dunks and stuff. It just it it happened, and obviously they did announce it's the last games probably,
0: and it and he, but it was he, so quick. And he was definitely one. Of, he was one of those players that you definitely. I can talk about what he did and all of his accomplishments, but you have to watch him. You have yeah. to watch the player he was to really appreciate the player they the player that he was. I think because he athlete, was half man, half yeah. amazing. His athleticism was Unreal. Incredible. He jumped over a seven foot It he, he jumped over a seven foot man. Like clean. Just just clean.
1: Yeah. I think that was the thing, like, and I think obviously once the injury started to happen, you could see the loss of you know the explosive, like it was, you can kind of see this a steady decline of, you know, injuries affecting him, and I think that's. But he
0: changed his role. He yeah, changed, so his, changed role. his
1: role, and they became more of a spot of sheer instead of just. So like it's, it's just like it's one of them that like until you watch that, you have to really watch it to appreciate it, and especially realize that it was. It's not like it's twenty twenty like when he was doing this. This is two thousand one, which is. And like, these dogs are things that people rarely see, in, like in terms mm-hmm. of explosiveness and really like, like looking like he could jump his whole body through the hoop. Like, like right like, wow. nowadays, saying, putting your arm through a, the hoop may not seem like a big deal.
0: But that's because everyone's doing it because of that
1: But that's the thing, like, so when you look at it now, you might not say, oh, that's a, you might think, oh, that's not a big deal. Like, surely you, people can do that. But the reality is, you get a lot of the like the Aaron Gordon dunks and stuff like that from people looking back at Vince Carter and saying, Whoa, and then that inspired a generation of people who wanted to say, Okay, I want to be like that. Like, I want to be Vincent, I want to be
0: half
1: well, you know, half how amazing
0: you know, how popular it was because he led like after his first year, he led all star voting. This yeah. was a league that had that 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 had Alan Iverson, it had Kobe, it had Shaq in it, it yeah. had you know. I mean, and he yeah. still led all-star voting.
1: And even then, like he had great all-star votes, even when his team were doing awful. Yeah, and that shows that shows the level of
0: popularity like, that stands on
1: popularity had. to say we don't care how bad your teams doing. We want Vince Carter.
0: There's like loads of people outside of basketball, like Drake as well, who is Canadian from Toronto, and he, he cites Vince as a huge inspiration to him. 360 windmill, but yeah, um, it's just I think, a shame. I, I yeah. think he left his career. I say he left his career unfulfilled, but he's he certainly made his mark. I think, had his career ended six or seven years ago, it would
1: have been unfulfilled. His career, you look at his career and you'd say, could have done more unfulfilled. He didn't get that, but because he managed to have the career peak, like yeah like if the projection of like being that guy where everyone's like oh my god he could be the next jordan oh my god look at how he dunks and from there those toronto season really inspired a lot of canadians a lot of young people in america a lot of people around the world who were like okay i want to be that mm-hmm. then obviously you've had the years where you have the injuries and the fall laughs and the where it wasn't right quite in And had it ended there that'd have been like a real shame but he then ended up with the longevity to the point that people were like how is he still doing this? How is he scoring for different decades? And that's given him his own like iconic path.
0: He became he became a a wise old teacher.
1: Yeah, he became like. How is he doing this for so long? And that's still never played defense though.
0: Never, never quite learned that. Never quite. <laughs>
1: learned... You think after all those years, he might have learned a couple, up no. Nah, um yeah, So think.
0: I think.
1: So I think like. I think his career is going to be remembered as Toronto, and oh my god, look how amazing that was! And then look how long he played for, and because of that, those little middle bits you can kind of like they're kind of going to be skimmed over and forgotten when you think about it. No one's going to. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Vince Carter Toronto and Vince Carter at, at, at Atlanta, and then the middle mm-hmm. bits are just going to be like, oh, yeah, they were all alright. That's not. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, do you think he's going to be a Hall of Famer?
1: yes but do you think he's going to be first ballot hall of famer that's yes, the question I think he is. I that's the question that people have been having
0: uh yeah i think i think he is i i think he is i think he's a first ballot for hall of famer i know he's not won a championship but there's lots of players that haven't won championships yeah. that uh, you know are in there i mean just look at most of the 90 superstars cuz you know jordan took them from him but like but even that being said his his like you then there's T Mac as well, who's like you know. Robert, is he a Hall of Famer, or is he not in there yet? I think uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I know he's in the conversation at least. Okay. Who's not won a championship, and he's had like you know a similar career, but he never had the kind of impact that Vince Carter had on Toronto. In like, it's not just your numbers, and it's not just how well you played. It's your so, so. it's the legacy that you've left behind, and I feel like Vince Carter's legacy that is left behind makes him without a doubt a first ballot Hall of Famer. So Tracy McGrady, uh,
1: 2017 Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, there you go. Easy. Vince Carter's in there. No doubt in my mind. I think he's in there. I just don't know he's... Oh, his first ballot, without a doubt in my mind. <laughs> it's one of them It I depends like... oh, I suppose it who else is in who else would be in his class. Yeah, it's one of them. It's like Well, who's retiring this year other than Vince Carter? I don't think anyone, really.
1: Yeah, but it depends on if he goes in straight away or if it's a couple of years. Or if, but yeah, it's just... I feel like he's definitely I'll Hall of fame. Him. I think he's definitely Hall of Famer. I just... I will see if he's first ballot and that's... I
0: reckon he'll be first ballot. He, he's earned it. I think
1: the longevity might push him to that. Maybe the yeah, longevity his over
0: his achievements. All right, cool. All right. Did you say you had you wanted questions? If I'm back yeah, after that, man, I'm good. To, to... You're good. You're good? Good. Did I, well, did I so where...
1: everything out on the table. So here's a question. So um in terms of personally for you, yeah. Where do you rank Vince Carter in terms of, you know so like top players? So like
0: Top players. Top? I don't know, I think I think we're gonna in terms of top players but... uh, uh, uh can we make it a top shooting guard? Can we? You can do that. Because yeah. obviously, I mean, number one's MJ, number two's Kobe, number three is D-Wade. And then after that, it gets a bit fuzzy. I'd, he's in my top 10 shooting guards of all time. Top I'd 10. say he's in my top 10. I'd oh. say he's in my top 10. He's probably near the end of top 10. So like 7th You're talking 10. like seven, seven, seven to 10s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I'm trying to think, because you got Reggie Miller as well. He was great.
1: Yeah, because if I feel like for me, like my love of it's Kai is probably heightened by the fact that I watched James a lot of basketball Biden. in that in the two thousand one to th- two thousand three, <clears> where <throat> to me he was like a superhero. But I've never really considered where he would be in that. Like to me, I think, he's in of- the top 100.
0: I think he's in the top one hundred. I think he's in the top one hundred players of all time. I'd probably put him in there. Not in the top fifty, but top. Yeah, 100. that's the
1: problem. It's like
0: he's like an icon, but
1: when you look at him compared to others, you're like, does he beat him? I don't think so. Like, and then he kind of slowly goes down the order until you look at him. You're like, top hundred is
0: probably fair. Top hundred. I think the fact that he never won a championship is really I th- is really yeah. damning on his. Yeah.
1: The fact that his peak was shortened by his injuries really affects. Mm,
0: definitely for sure.
1: Like, I think that affects where he can really be on his placements because, yes, he got a shot away from the finals, but, like, it's, like, he, the, between the jumper's knee and then the, these injuries and then this and that, like, it can't, it, we never had that run of just VC, nope, just... It's a shame. He said he never
0: obviously. had the right supporting cast either. yeah. So I mean but that shouldn't take away from the fact that while he had his career, he think, he definitely he definitely used it. And he does he shame. doesn't have any regrets. He shouldn't yeah, it's have. It's a shame,
1: that he also had an iconic he still managed to have an iconic career through all of that, which in itself is amazing.
0: Yeah, he may not have had the best career, but he's like, had all one the interest- more iconic ones.
1: Also his longevity is actually the fact that he's had so many injuries makes his longevity actually more amazing. Exactly. Like okay. To have all these injuries and all these surgeries and all these operations, but still play that many years, is actually incredible when you look at it like that. It Plus, is. The, hand is, the fact that he's been able to be a you know, like the fact he's been able to be more of a mentor and you know help players means his his legacy is going to extend because he's going to be out helping the future as well. So it's oh 100%, oh one hundred percent, man, a one
0: hundred percent. So, yeah, I think Vince Vince Carter has definitely made his mark on basketball. Yeah. I think we should probably end it there. I'm going to buy a Vince Carter jersey with the, the oh, dinosaur sure. on the front. Because that's iconic. It, I mean, it's it was so bad, but it's so iconic. I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> thank you for tuning into Time Out, guys. And thank you, Vince Carter. Time Out. Half man, half amazing.